Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second era of Oilers Now. It's 106 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Trust by 6.30 Chad. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and much more at digitex.ca. Uh, sometime, time permitting, in this next hour, we hope to hook up with Wayne Gretzky. He's just wrapping up an event in Toronto from uh, Wayne, uh, the vice chair of the Oilers Entertainment Group. We will tell you that uh, we'll also talk to Brian Wild out of Montreal. He's years ago used to work for CTV here in Edmonton and has... Uh, now working for Global out of Montreal, is also a prolific Canadian's blogger. So we'll get some thoughts on the Max Pacioretty sh- uh, trade that shook down late last night involving the Montreal Canadiens. You can reach us on our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. In fact, we got time for open line because I know some of you were calling in during the break. 780-496-0063. That is our River Cree Resort Casino hotline. They've got the Proclaimers Thursday night, September 13th. They've also got Steve Earle and the Dukes, the 30th anniversary of Copperhead Road on September the 23rd. You can text us on our West Lockport text line. I do have a bunch of texts to get to. It's 630-630. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at West Lockford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. It is worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. My to- uh, personal Twitter handle is at Bob underscore Stoffrey. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates too. The Japanese Village Restaurants. Three locations in Edmonton and now in Sherwood Park, Japanese Village. A perfect place to celebrate your special occasion. Oilers rookies uh, last, uh, I guess not last night, yesterday afternoon in Calgary. Uh, made the trek down Highway Number 2 with my broadcast partner, Jack Michaels, and we listened to NFL football uh, highlights all afternoon uh, on ESPN. But uh, anyhow, uh, Oilers lost 7-3 in that game despite having some strong performances. Teams outchanced uh, the Flames rookies. Tyler Parsons was very good in goal for Calgary. Uh, they had some. Uh, they had five uh, full-time American Hockey League players in their lineup yesterday. The Oilers had three of their full-time AHL players available to them. Uh, you can text us at 630-630. Lots of discussion on Evan uh, Bouchard. Here's where I'm at with this, with Bouchard. Uh, From my perspective, um, 
you know, he's... It's interesting uh, because he's poised and skilled with the puck. He's already played three full seasons of junior for a pro-style franchise in London. He turns 19 in October. If he plays sheltered five-on-five minutes and power play time, I could see him getting a long look. And to me, a long look takes him into the regular season. There we go. Texas at 6.30, 6.30. This text comes to us from Kevin who wants me to say that he's at Finning. Bob, uh, why don't the Oilers be proactive and go and trade for a proven right-handed uh, defenseman instead of hoping that uh, Bouchard can succeed? Bouchard will always be there in the future, but the playoffs won't be if you don't fix the needs your team has, deficiencies uh, that need to be fixed. You can't build long-term success without winning the first year. That one comes to, comes to us uh, from... Uh, Kevin. This text comes to us from Yellowknife. Uh, Bob, why don't the Oilers... uh, Oilers didn't try and find Jordan Tutu. He's a tough and fearless defenseman. Is he referring to Jordan Tutu? Jordan Tutu is a forward. Always has been a forward. All right. You can text us at 630-630. This text comes to us from High Prairie, Alberta. Bob... If we had what they call a number one defense, people wouldn't mind seeing Bouchard start the year with the team. But we don't have that Lidstrom type of defenseman that he can learn from. Our decor is surrounded by lots of second-pairing defensemen. I just don't see how our number one pairing uh, can help Bouchard unless Yanni can run his magic Trento Momento. I don't actually ever think... Is that the nickname for Yanni that I'm missing here? Not sure on that. But... uh, We'll wait and see here. That is a factor that people need to think of, is that Trent Yanni has had a lot of success in terms of bringing along young defensemen. Uh, Another text at 6.30, Brian says, Bob, with the political French thing and the massive taxes in Quebec and a salary cap, I can't see how the storied Habs can compete. I think their story has sailed into the sunset. Stories coming out now that the difference in the tax, 54% in Quebec versus 37% in uh, Vegas. It's a big difference on the Max Pacioretty contract extension. Another text... uh, coming up saying, Bob, if Chris Russell is making $4 million to play third-pairing minutes, most Oiler fans are going to lose it on Chia, referring to Peter Chiarelli. But I agree, having Bouchard play with Russell in the third pairing is the smartest. Well, again, last year, uh, let's look at Carolina. So, did anybody know how good Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin were going to be? Now, they're a little bit older. They were like 21, 22. Uh, And the fact of the matter is, that you're sitting there in a scenario where a lot of people had high expectations for Noah Hannafin, and he actually got boxed out of their top four last year. So they actually played Hayden Fleury more with Justin Falk, and maybe that was an ill-suited second pairing, and they played Noah Hannafin in their third pairing with Trevor Van Reems. Like This is what's going to be interesting watching the Calgary Flames, because for me, all the numbers would suggest that, and I had some conversation with some people that would know an awful lot about what happened in Calgary over the last couple of years. Uh, the combination of Mark Giordano and Dougie Hamilton was a top five defense pairing in the entire National Hockey League last year. And now the Flames are going to move T.J. Brody back from the left side to the right side and play him with Giordano. 
And then they're going to play Noah Hannafin with Travis Hamannick in their second pairing. But for, you know, basically, here you have a scenario where Hannafin, a number five overall pick, uh, not as old as Bouchard was when he was drafted. Different type of player. I mean, Hannafin is an elite skater. Uh, but they they kept them sheltered in the third minutes. And what I'm saying to you is, is it an option for the Edmonton Oilers? And you can text us at 630-630. You don't have to agree with me. Is it an option? Depending on how Bouchard shows throughout the course of the preseason, if we end up with a situation here in Edmonton, where the Oilers start the year for the sake of argument. Cleft bomb with Larson. Larson was back, by the way, on the ice today uh, for the informal practices that are Ian Herbert's headed up today, uh, along with a guy by the name of Connor McDavid. But uh, So let's say the Oilers go Cleft bomb Larson, Nurse Benning, and then Russell and Bouchard, with Jerebic uh, being in the mix as well. And Bouchard doesn't have to play every game, but maybe to start the year. Just for a look-see, just to see how Bouchard does. Is that an option if you play Bouchard and Russell in third-pairing minutes? Or are you asking too much out of Matt Benning in a potential second pairing with Darnell Nurse? Text me at 630-630. And again, you can tweet us at OilersNow on 630Chad. Ah... This text out of uh, Rocky Mountain House, Bob, that's right. Robert, money talks and BS walks, uh, referring to maybe the current political situation in the uh, province of Quebec. Uh, The Don, wow, the Don, a positive text from the Don. I thought the young owner's prospects looked darn good. Never mind the score, I've seen good hustle, some grit. I would have liked to have seen more from Yamamoto. Well, that's an interesting one with Yamamoto because there's subtlety to how he plays the game, but not much had... uh, you know, he didn't. He wasn't a noticeable guy on the ice. There you go. Texas at six thirty from six thirty. Bob, I got a question. Would you pay the price for Eric Carlson uh, to have him for one season, a playoff run, uh, if he's around the likes of a Bouchard and an Ethan Bear? Short term pain, long term gain. Well, the asset requirement price. I think at the end of the day for Eric Carlson, first of all, if if the Oilers, I don't even know where Eric Carlson would theoretically end up. That is our guest right there. If you can line that up, Angie, that would be great. Uh, I'm not sure where Eric Carlson's going to end up, but I don't think it's going to be an Edmonton. I just said that would be an extreme long shot at this time. So uh, we'll have more conversations coming up. But as promised on the show, uh, and again, Evan Bouchard was perhaps the uh, most impressive guys yesterday in the Oilers' rookie games. He is the vice chair of the Oilers Entertainment Group. He is about to go to China. He just wrapped up an event in Toronto. We welcome to the show Wayne Gretzky. Hello, Wayne. It's Bob. How are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. Interesting uh, game yesterday, uh, and I know obviously you didn't have a chance to watch it, uh, but you got a lot of friends in the OHL. And just a a thought, um, there's some legitimate excitement out there for Evan Bouchard, isn't there, Wayne? Yeah, you know, first of all, uh, he's a really good young hockey player. and You know, being a uh, youngster... uh, Sometimes the organizations you come from mean as much or, or more than anything. And the London Knights are an organization that have just been one of the classics all, all through Canada and the OHL. And, 
to get that kind of tutoring and mentoring uh, as a 16, 17, 18 year old uh, probably is going to help him uh, to make that next step in the National Hockey League. So I know the Oilers are thrilled that uh, he kind of seen him off their number 10 pick. And uh, I know everyone's excited about him uh, coming into this camp and look forward to him being an Oiler for a long time. Well, I mean, you were a guy, and you're a special case because you're a generational player. But, you know, fans, they, they worry a bit about Russian kids sometimes. I think we are seeing in sport more so than ever that youth has been served. And it's going to be really intriguing to see, you know, does, does Evan get a few games into the early regular season? But, you know, sometimes you just got to believe in the young talent that you have, don't you? Yeah, you do, and you got to understand that every person or every player at that age is at a different point in his career. Some guys are a little bit more mature than other guys at the age of 18. And, you know, you, over the years, you look at guys like uh, Paul Coffey and Mark Messier and uh, guys like Grant Fuhrer, they're able to step in at 18, 19, and, you know, not really miss the beat and start their career at a young age. So, you know, it's uh, it's an organization that's patient, but I also understand that uh, Todd and the coaching staff and Peter are going to give that young man and uh, every opportunity to be part of the organization. And you know what? Uh, good for him. And I uh, hope he just takes the uh, ball and grabs it and runs with it because uh, his upside as a hockey player is tremendous. And uh, I really think that... Uh, uh, the other fans over the years are going to come to really enjoy watching them play. Wayne, one thing, I mean, you could really process the game. And at the end of the day, you got to be able to think out there on the ice, don't you? you got to be able to think. Uh, the two things in this day and age, you got to be able to think, uh, and you got to be able to skate. And because the game is so fast, you better be a quick thinker on your feet. Uh, you know, the game is so much better today than it was 20 years ago. The athletes are bigger and faster and more agile. The equipment is better. And that's just uh, that's a fact. It's good for them. And 20 years from now, it's going to be better than today. But, you know, you got to be able to think. There's no question of the game. That's an important part of the game. Wayne, you take the uh, losses for the organization hard. You love the team. We know you love the city. Uh, did you get a chance to decompress and and maybe reevaluate wait a bit? And, and and at this time of year, to hope spring. I know I know everybody's pumped up at the at the chances for the club. But mm-hmm. given the 103 point season a, a year ago, and then the drop off this past year, obviously you're looking for a bit of a rebound effect here, aren't you, for the Oilers? Yeah, we are, and obviously as exciting as it was two years ago, coming within one game of the conference final uh, to unfortunately having the season we had last year. And, you know, you can look at a lot of different things, and from players being injured and players not playing, players being sick, uh, you know, uh, just it seemed like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. But when you have a team that's got one of the best players in the game and who, who's a, a fighter and a battler and a guy that wants to win and hates losing, that spreads like uh, wildfire through the hockey club. So I know Connor's got his dander up a little bit for coming into this season, not wanting our club to go through what we went last year uh, because it was so much fun two years ago. It was a team that played with a lot of heart and a lot of desire and a lot of inspiration. Uh, if you look at one or two particular parts of the game that we must improve on to what we did two years ago, uh, it's pretty easy to point to our power play and our penalty killing. It just has to be better. Uh, you don't have to be the best power play in the game. And you 
Baker have to be the number one penalty killer unit in the game, but it comes down to you got to score big power play goals at key times of games, uh, and you got to kill uh, important power plays. You got to kill those off uh, when your penalty killers are out there, and that just jump starts the whole group and the whole team. And uh, if there's anything that we must improve on this year, our penalty killing and power play must be a lot better than it was last year. I don't know if it's a comparable for you. But you guys had that great run in 81, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Where, and you, you went two rounds. You took the Islanders to six. You knocked off the Canadians. Massive upset. Then your team took a huge regular season improvement. That's when Grant came in in, yep. uh, in uh, the start of the 81-82 uh, season. But then the Kings upset you in the first round. Yeah. Did you guys come back? I mean, because you hadn't yet established. Everybody thought you were the next emerging team. And then you got knocked off by L.A. Was there a little bean in your guys' bonnet at the start of that 82-83 season? Yeah, to say the least. And that was uh, probably, of all the losses, that might have been the hardest one in that L.A. series. And, you know, we really took out of that series is something really maybe a lot of people don't realize. But the three games that we lost were scores like 10-8, 7-4, 7-4. But the two games we won, I believe we won 3-2 and, and uh, 3-2 or 2-1. Um, so we, we came back with a belief that, look, if we're going to be successful, it doesn't matter how many goals we get. There's got to be times and there's got to be points in the season, of course, in the playoffs. that you've got to be responsible defensively. And I think that's where our team really changed. We still were an exciting team with all these guys like Yuri and Mark and Paul. Uh, but we became a much more disciplined, defensive-minded hockey club because uh, we realized we weren't going to be successful with the big teams and the really good teams unless we were good defensively. And, you know, we didn't set up to be the Montreal Canadiens or the New York Islanders defensively, but we wanted to be better than what we were. And I think to a man and to an organization, we all understood that we had to be much more responsible and that we were going to have to have some games where we won 2-1 to one and 3 two. And that's where our team matured immensely compared to the 1982 season. Well, you mentioned the penalty killing, and it's simple for Edmonton. They got to get the goals against down. You know, like they improved. You know, they uh, had a, a drop of give up about 50 more goals against Wayne. And you talked about the timing because it changes everything. You get a power play goal at the right time or a kill at the right time, and and you get a power play goal. Maybe you're up in a game and, instead of being even, right? And then and then you end up up in a game and you got a chance for an empty net goal and you win by two as opposed to giving up, uh, you know, a, having a, a run of bad luck on the PK and it just kills you and, and it sucks. It, it can suck the life out of a team consciously, can it? Yeah, it, it sucks the life out of the team and sucks the life out of the arena. You know, fans get disappointed, they get dejected, they're human, they want the team to be successful. So not only does it go through the whole hockey club, but it goes through the whole building. And that's what seemed to happen last year. It was two years ago when it was 2-2 late in the game and we got a power play, we seemed to get that big goal. Or if we're up 3-2 late in the game and we got a penalty, we seemed to kill that penalty. And whereas last year, that just didn't happen for us. But you know, ultimately, it's going to come down to the players. And, you know, I, I know there are guys in the corner and, and uh, dry side on the players of that nature. They've got a lot of pride. You know, it was a long, embarrassing summer for not only players, but for the whole organization. And, you know, it's got to be a much better hockey club from day one and realize that, you know, only eight teams make the playoffs. And you better be a good eight teams because there's so many teams now uh, that are good hockey clubs that are knocking on the door. And, 
you know, Calgary's improved and Dallas has improved and Vancouver's a young club, but I think they've improved. And of course, the Vegas story was an unreal story. And then you got the three California teams in St. Louis. And so, you know, it's so tough to get in. And, and what makes it great, though, is you're one to eight. If you're one of the eight, anything is possible going forward in the playoffs. So it's not like it used to be the first round and sort of get your feet wet and get ready for the second round. It's not like that now. It's every every team that gets in. And the ninth and tenth place teams that miss are good hockey clubs. And so you better be ready to go from day one. And the start of the season is so crucial because you don't want to start off sort of four and seven or four and eight because then you're always playing catch up and it just wears on the players and it wears on the organization and of course the fans. So you want to come out of the gate strong. You want to come out with a good record. And that sets the tone for this entire season, which the hockey club did two years ago. Wayne, a couple quick hitters for you. Grant Fuhrer's Making Coco. It's produced by Don Metz and Adam Scorgi. It comes out here over the course of the next couple of weeks. I know you guys love Grant. He was such an unselfish teammate, wasn't he? He was the best. You know what? We have nothing but so much respect for him. And, you know, he's an Alberta boy, and he's, uh, uh, we're all proud of him. And, you know, I, I've said this many times before, uh, I think he was the greatest goalie that ever lived. Unfortunately for him, he probably played on the most offensive-minded team in the history of hockey. So his statistics don't compare to that of some of the other great goaltenders. But he's just a, he's a great team. He was one of the best athletes I ever saw in professional hockey. And I was proud to say he was a teammate, and I loved playing with him. Wayne, you have a new partnership and a new opportunity in China. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think you're heading over there right away. Maybe just educate us a bit about uh, that opportunity for you. Yeah, it's been in the works for a couple of years now, and, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. We're, we're going to head over to China. We've uh, got some uh, opportunities to maybe build some ice rinks over there and do some hockey clinics. Uh, you know, the, the Chinese people are hosting the Winter Olympics in 2022, and uh, they want to sort of jumpstart their hockey over there and, and get the kids and from the grassroots playing and being involved in the National Hockey League and following the game. And So, you know what, we're, we're excited to go. It'll be fun. I'm going to get a chance to see a cage or all-star game over or, or league game over there. They're playing against a team from Russia. And, of course, I'll get to see uh, one of the Calgary-Boston games. So my two boys are going with me. We're looking forward to the trip. Uh Well, I make sure uh, Trevor and Ty had a good time with you. Uh, I know you're going to the Ryder Cup, and I look forward to uh, seeing you uh, with the entourage in Germany and Sweden, Wayne. Okay, man. You guys take care, and uh, excited to see hockey start again. It's always the best time of the year. Thanks a lot, Wayne. Thanks All for right, your time. Man. You bet. That is Wayne Gretzky. It is 12:28 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. When we come back, uh, we will hook up with uh, Brian Wild uh, out of Global Montreal to talk about the Max Pacioretty trade after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.